Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, let's open them up tonight to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 20. And I want to preach a message tonight. I believe God would want to encourage, stir us, challenge us, and most importantly, transform us tonight. So uh, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 24 through to 27. And uh, I want to preach a message entitled, The Empty Place. The Empty Place. And there's a story that's in our text that is you know what, a revelation to most of us and that we used to be in certain areas or certain places back in the world, but now is left empty. And so in our text, I want to bring some truths or some revelations to us tonight. And if you're turning there, so first Samuel chapter 20, verse 24, and it reads this, then David hid in the field. And when the new moon had come, the king sat down to eat the feast. Now the king sat on his seat as at other times on a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose and Abner sat by Paul's side. But I want you to underline this. But David's place was empty. I want you to think about that thought. But David's place was empty. Verse 26 says, Nevertheless, Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something has happened to him. He's unclean. Surely he's unclean. Verse 27, And it happened the next day, the second day of the month, that David's place was empty and Saul said to Jonathan his son why has the son of Jesse not come to eat either yesterday or today I want to preach a message entitled the empty place and if you're taking note number one the place of sinful pleasures have now been emptied and this is a story a reminder because in our text Saul is a typology of the world and David is a picture of Jesus and I know there are many of you here tonight, you're so grateful that you no longer are seated at Saul's table. Amen. That particular place is now empty. That place that you used to be in the world is now empty. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That bar that you used to go to, that place. Oh, come on now. That nightclub, that place that you used to go and shake your little booty, that place is empty. That place where the bartender knew you by name. That place where the bouncers knew you by name. That place. And just like Saul, he's questioning, where is David? Where is this young man? And when he saw the place where David used to sit, he was questioning, where is he? And it's the same way that the people in the world, it might be your friends, it might be the relatives that you used to go out with, are questioning, what happened? Where is he? Where is Mano? <laughs> Where is Tulaki? Where is Kabika? The place that they used to come with and party with us. His place is now empty. And I want to ask the question tonight. Where was your place a few months ago? Where was your place weeks from now? Where was your place a year ago? You know that stool at the bar in the valley. That was your spot, man. <laughs> You knew the jam that they played. That was your jam. You were like, yeah, I'm ready to go. That was your spot, man. That was, yeah, that was your nightclub that you hooked up with Shakisha Kwanda. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. It, it's that place where you used to be and it's empty. And so Saul, is, he's, he's ready to eat and he's thinking, man, where is this guy? This place where he used to sit down and eat is now empty. And what a picture. What a revelation for you and I to see, man, we used to sit at Saul's table. 
We used to sit at the world and begin to eat the divine things and the pleasures of the world that it used to bring. But thank God, amen, that place is now empty. You're no longer there. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, it's God's grace. It's the grace of God that makes a wonderful change within a man. And this is what has happened inside of many of us sitting here tonight. That's exactly what has happened to you and I, that we've been saved by grace. The empty place is the result of the working of God's grace in your heart. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, should anyone should boast. I mean, you chose the right path. You chose to not be at Saul's table. You chose the right path that Jesus mentions in Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, verse 14, but narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it many of us used to sit at Saul's table many of us used to walk the broad path that led to destruction but now that path has led us astray because we decided to get on the narrow path and now the places we used to go to are empty and people are questioning what happened where are they what where are they now and it's the thing that with, works within us because no longer do we desire the things of the world? No longer do we want to sit at the world's table because it's what exactly what Paul mentions in Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I mean our old pleasures are not given up simply because we think they're wrong. I mean we know they're evil. I mean that would be one reason to to abandon them that would be one reason to quit but we give them up because they are no longer pleasures to us come on somebody that once used to pleasure us that once used to give us the pleasure and lust for the season that it was temporal no longer is uh, uh, tempting us anymore no longer do we desire because we decided to give them up to crucify them with his flesh and uh, pleasures and passions and desires I mean we have no delight whatsoever in them and the people who desire to do them as well. We have, we have no desire to hang around these particular folks because the word of God declares in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, do not be unequally yoked. Come on, can I preach tonight? Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And it says this, what communion has light with darkness? I mean, let me say this very quickly tonight. Don't put yourself in a place where you'll be attacked by the souls. Amen. Don't put yourself in a place where you'll just be attacked by Saul. Amen. Let me break it down easy. Don't go to that party. Come on now. Don't invite her over for Netflix and chill. <laughs> Come on, can I make it nice and clear? In our text, David was under attack by Saul. And David, understand, man, I ain't going to be here. What did David do, man? He up and left. He gone. He ran out of that place because he knew if he was going to stay there, man, he, he'd be killed. And the same thing with Christians. The same thing with believers. I'm telling you, don't put yourself in a place where you know you're going to be attacked. Don't put yourself in a place where you know you're going to die spiritually. You got to up and leave and say, I'm not about this business no more. Amen. Where are they? 
you'll find them at the potter's house. <laughs> Where are they? What happened to the brother in prison? Oh, man, he's out there in the potter's house. He got something happened to him. Oh, come on. That's what needs to happen. What happened to that place, that guy in the pub? Oh, man, he went down to the potter's house, got saved, got delivered. Wow. What happened to that guy? And Saul, the people of the world are wondering what's going on. What happened to it? What happened to him? And so Saul, in his fit of rage of jealousy, would hurl javelins down to David to try and kill him. And David up and leaves, man. And we ought to do the same. Listen, you can put up with certain people for some time, but sooner or later, you're going to backslide. Amen. The devil is going to assassinate your faith. John chapter 10 verse 10 says the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, don't put yourself in a place where you'll be easily tempted, easily misled, tempted by the world and its desires. I mean, don't fall for the lies of your ex. Don't fall for the lies, amen, of, of your boys. Hey, come brother, come next minute. You know what? You're in the back of the paddy wagon going to police, handcuffed. I mean, the world will snatch you up. The devil will make you feel condemned. The devil will make you feel like a failure and make it even harder for you to come back to God. Someone said this, and I quote, My worst days with Jesus is better than my best days in the world. Amen. My worst days with Jesus is better than the, my best days in the world. Don't associate yourself with the wrong crowd, brother, sister. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 13 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. That's a good verse to memorize. David writes in Psalms chapter 1 verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, everyone say his delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and and night I mean here's a man that used to sit at the world's table at Saul's table is now saying you know what I don't delight in that I delight in the law of God I delight in the word of God the wisest man wrote in Proverbs 15 verse 16 better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with turmoil I mean you think about that for a minute better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with turmoil I mean, David left great treasure and this reputation, so to speak, because if he, he knew, he knew that if he had stayed, he would have been killed. What about you, my friend? Are you in a toxic relationship that is killing your faith in Jesus? Do you find yourself always under constant attack? Well, maybe because you're still seated at Saul's table. Amen. Maybe you're still sitting there. No one's looking. You're still at Saul's table. No wonder you're getting attacked. It's, it's time to leave that relationship. He or she is not a believer. Come on. Bye-bye. Amen. Trust in God. Surrender to Jesus. That relationship that you're involved in is going to kill you spiritually. Let the people of the world, let, let them see that place that you once occupied is now empty. And I want to say this, righteousness has got to be over relationships. Write that down, righteousness over relationships. Tell your boys, love you bro, but I'm a follower of Christ. Ladies, if your friends are drinking, partying, tell them, love you sis, but I'm following Christ. You can find me not in a club, you can find me in a church. <laughs> 
It's time to leave those evil friends and be seated with Christ. Amen. It's time to be seated here with God's people, not around in the clubs or the pubs. There's a story found in Luke chapter 8, verse 26. And it's about a man who had many demons. It's about a man known throughout the town. He was this crazy guy. I mean, you can find that in Luke chapter 8. He had no clothes. He had no house. The Bible tells us he lived in tombs. People would keep him under severe watch. They would guard him. They would even chain him up. But he would, under the influence of the devil, under the influence of demons, would break free and be driven into the wilderness by demons. But, amen, one encounter with Jesus Christ. The man is totally delivered of these many demons and he was totally set free. And I want you to listen to the verse in verse 35 of Luke chapter 8. Listen to this. It says, then they went out to see what happened. Come on. They went out to the potter's house in Beanley to see what's going on. And listen to this. They came to Jesus and they found the man who had, uh, they found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Wow. Once, you know, we used to sit at another table. He's now sitting at the feet of Jesus. I'm telling you, the way we used to sit in the world, we're now sitting at his feet, hearing his word. This man used to live in tombs. This man used to be naked, running with many demons. But now because of Jesus, the place where he used to live, the tomb, is now empty. And he's seated at the feet of Jesus. And the story tells us they went out to see what happened. I'm telling you, you've got to be a testimony. Because people want to come down and see what's going on. They want to know what's happening in your life. This is what happened in my life. And I got saved in high school, grade 12. Gave my life to Jesus. But yet I tried to be the cool guy. I tried to be the popular guy and tried to be the Christian. It didn't work. So I tried to, you know, do some work in high school. But uh, I got in trouble so many times. But this one guy decided to come up to me and say, what's going on? How come you're not living, uh, you know, sitting down with the boys at the back? I was like, oh, man, bro, I became a Christian. <laughs> I got saved. I begin to witness to him. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to sound my own horn here, but I'm telling you, people will notice and be like, man, what's happening in your life? What's going on in your walk? It says they went out to see what happened. Once was sitting and sleeping in tombs, is now clothed in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Once we were sitting with sinners, but now we're sitting with the Savior. Amen. God wants you to get out of that place to reach others that are still in that place. Amen. I mean, this man wanted to go and be with Jesus. This, you know what? He wanted to go with Jesus on a mission trip, and Jesus told him and said, No, no, no. Go tell your friends about what has happened. I mean, Jesus sends this man on a one man mission to reach his friends. And I want to tell you tonight, your life is a miracle. Don't forget that. I want to tell you tonight, your life is a miracle. Don't ever lose sight of what God's done in your life. Don't ever feel like, man, God can't use me. Don't ever feel like, man, I'm just a, a nobody. Don't ever feel like, man, you know what, I'm not gifted, I'm not talented. No, if you've got Jesus in your life, if Jesus has transformed you from the inside, you've got a story to tell. You've got a message that is ready to shout to the lost and the broken. So I come and encourage you. 
be a testimony, be a witness for Christ. Let your friends know what happened. How come you no longer drink? Bro, I've been free. Tell your girlfriend, you know, why are you not having sex with her? You've been free. You don't want to have sex with her anymore. You want to be saved. You want to get married one day. Tell her, come on. Tell your boyfriend the next time he texts you what you're wearing. Tell him you're wearing the whole armor of God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Write that one down. Single men. Single ladies. I'm wearing the, <laughs> I'm wearing the armor of God. Yay. <laughs> Amen. We used to be in the devil's army, but, but oh, what a gap that's now in the devil's army now. And the Lord sometimes makes these gaps in the devil's army. He takes one of the devil's active soldiers and enlists him in the army of Jesus. There are no servants of God like those who have been valiant soldiers of Satan. I mean, think about the Apostle Paul. This man used to murder Christians. This man was known. Everyone was scared of this man, but yet one encounter with Christ totally changed his life. And now being the front runner of Jesus Christ, sharing the message throughout the whole New Testament. You see, God wants to use your life. God wants to use your testimony. He wants to make places empty so that heaven can be made full. Amen. He wants to make these other places empty so the churches can be full. Come on, somebody. He wants to make all these other places that were once filled with evil and disgusting. He wants to say, you know what? I want to save them. I want to fill this house with people who are saved. Amen. Let revival take place so that pubs go out of business. Amen. That place is going to be empty because people get saved and delivered. Let revival take place that a young man and woman decide to get married and no longer be boyfriend and girlfriend. Come on. Stop playing games tonight. Let those places be empty and say, you know what? I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to go full on for God. I want God's house to be full. Which leads me to the second point, and it's this, a place in the Father's house. So number one, the empty place. So number two, a place in the Father's house. Your place is now in the Father's house. No longer seated with the world, but seated with Christ in the Word. And nothing should make us so excited than to be in a place where God wants us to be. This is church. That's in church. God wants you and I to be in church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. But now God has set the members, each of them, in the body just as He pleased. Amen. Your place is empty in the world, so God is pleased to place you in a church. You're here for no reason. You're here not as an accident. You're here for a purpose, that God has placed you here. Psalms chapter 122. Listen, he says this, 122 verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let's go up into the house of the Lord. I mean, what, what an attitude now that we used to be in the world and we used to have this mindset, man, church is boring. No, no, no. There's something that took place within us. We're saved, redeemed, we're set free that we now say, you know what, man, there's this joy within us. We want to be in church. There's a joy within us. We want to be with other believers. And so let us come with joy. Let us enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Let us come to church expectant. Let us come to church ready to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because I'm telling you, I was glad when they said to me, go up to the Beanley Palace house on Sunday. Sunday night as well. Oh man, I was glad when they said, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Wednesday night here in our church service, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Never lose the excitement. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, 
but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. You see, a place in the Father's house is not only a place where God wants you in His church, but a place in the Father's house is in heaven as well. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Listen to this. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The places that are empty is because God wants you to be in his place in heaven. The place that was designed for the devil and his angels, listen, can be depopulated because we decided to, you know what, say, listen, I don't want to go to hell. I want to make heaven my home. When we decide to live for God, when we decide to come together as a church, they will say, you know what, I don't want to be a part of the world. I don't want to be a part of the sin that I'm living in. But to be saved by grace and to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life where God, where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Church, let's depopulate hell and let's populate heaven. Amen. Let's be a witness. Let's be a testimony. Let's be the shining light. Let's not turn back, but let's go forward. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The empty place.